Welcome in to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide athletics. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, joined by my co-worker, Joey Blackwell, here to recap the Iron Bowl, everything that went on in the SEC this past weekend, and to talk a little bit about Crimson Tide's men's basketball team as they travel to Asheville, North Carolina, not Maui, to play in the Maui Invitational. Joey, how's it going, man? I'm doing all right, Tyler. Really dreary weather outside. A little bit tough getting out of bed this morning, but you know what? It's uh, going to be a good day. Have some, glad to have some Alabama basketball batter back in our lives this afternoon, and especially after that Iron Bowl weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's get to it, man. Talking about the Iron Bowl, Alabama dominant, forty-two to thirteen. Um, you know, Joey, this 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 is exactly what we expected Alabama to do, right? I mean, they were you know they covered. Uh, they were twenty-five point favorites. Um, and I know the saying, good teams good teams win, great teams cover. Um, but they go out there and they just, I mean, the offense was efficient as ever, you know, even without Nick Saban on the sidelines. And then the defense, too. The defense really didn't um, take, a, take a step back either. Um, three sacks, which was a season high for the team, and, and eight, to eight tackles for loss. Um, they really made Bonex frustrated. They really, you know, suffocated this Auburn offense for the most part of the game. And, um, you know, it's just – it's just crazy to me, you know, Alabama has been able to go through eight games now of this SEC schedule and um, really, you know, outside of the first half against Georgia and the old Miss game, I mean, no team has really been able to, to keep up with them. No, yeah, exactly. It's been, it's been phenomenal. You know, I was talking earlier this week about how, or sorry, not earlier this week, I was writing after the game about how, um, you know, you take a look at this defense and if, if I had told you or if anybody had told me after the um, Ole Miss game, that uh, this team would only allow 16 points through three games, including 13 of them being scored by Auburn, I would have looked at you like you were crazy if somebody had told me that. Um, and this defense has really, really buckled down these past few games, and cherry on top uh, was the Iron Bowl. Um, incredible defensive effort, of course, picked off Bo Nix twice. Um, you know, like you said, had – uh, uh, nine QB hurries and, and eight tackles for loss and three sacks. Just all around great effort by the defense. Um, <clears throat> and it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up that effort, of course, heading to LSU and Baton Rouge this weekend, and then potentially another road game in Fayetteville against Arkansas. So um, really great effort. Also great effort by the offense, but the defense was what really stuck out to me this past weekend. Yeah, it stuck out to me too. And, you know, a guy who's a freshman who's been playing incredible this year, it's – it's it's Malachi Moore, right? He gets the interception at the end of the first half of the, the Auburn game, and um, now he leads the team in interceptions. He leads the team in pass breakups. I mean, this guy is playing out of his mind, and he's only a freshman, and it's, it's crazy, you know, where he's kind of evolved um, because you'll go back to even, even fall camp. Uh, it was Brian Branch who was going to be the starter at the star position right there at safety, and, um, and then, you know, towards the end of fall camp, Malachi, you know, kind of turns it up and and you know the coaching staff loves him and he gets to start for the Missouri game and he hasn't really looked back ever since and you know he's got three interceptions and then he also had that that fumble recovery and you know the strip against Tennessee so you know he's been playing great I think he's the most one of the most important guys on this defense along with guys like Patrick Sertain, Dylan Moses and he's only a freshman and, and, he, and he's just been playing so great and and this defense you saw it you saw it uh Saturday right it's like 
whenever the whenever whoever got the ball for Auburn, when they try to get the ball quick, ball quick out to their wide receivers, whether it was Seth Williams, Schwartz, or anybody, um, Alabama guys, the Alabama defenders, they were just swarming to the football, and uh, and they just, they, I mean, they were so they were so they were so motivated to get revenge, um, and it was you know it was what we expected, and, and Auburn really couldn't do anything. No, they couldn't get anything done, and and yeah, there was so many pass breakups, and you know, Bo Nix on the night, on the day was twenty three for thirty eight, didn't have much success there, didn't have a single passing touchdown, only had one touchdown, that was the that was the rush on the ground there uh, near the end of the game, but um, yeah, incredible, you know, just incredible effort by the DBs and breaking up the passes and 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 hurrying. Bo Nix couldn't get comfortable all night. Um, when he, whenever he was in the pocket, he was flushed out or he was having to adjust and having to, by the, by halftime, he was more concerned about if he was going to get, going to get hit every play or not, uh, that rather than throwing the ball. So just really rattled him and, and really the Alabama defense didn't ever give him time to get set. Yeah. And then you kind of look around the SEC this past weekend, Joe, you know, Ole Miss wins the Egg Bowl, Florida dominates Kentucky, um, Vanderbilt made history with. Um, you know, the first female kicker ever, uh, but they lose to Missouri 41 to nothing. ALSU lost to A&M. Georgia dominates South Carolina. But, um, you know, what I kind of looking forward to is is next week, right, if, if Florida beats Tennessee and Alabama beats LSU, they have – both of them have secured their spots for a spot in the SEC title game. And I think that's really important, right? And I think that's kind of the game everybody's looking forward to. And I know, you know, no, nobody on the Alabama team or coaching staff would, would tell you that um, because, you know, they, they focus on what's what's in front of them. But as, you know, as people cover them and, and people who, you know, for fans, it's like they're really looking forward to um, a potential matchup of Alabama and Florida. No, they are. And they get, you're right. They'll never tell you that because they, they always claim that they never look down the road. But it's pretty much set in stone at this point. Um, it looks like Alabama, Alabama, Alabama's not going to lose in, in Baton Rouge, and if the Arkansas game comes up, it'll be a it'll be a solid effort from them there. Florida's looking like nobody can beat them right now, other than, other than Alabama. Um, so it looks like it's pretty set in stone. It's going to be a great trip to Atlanta, um, and and yeah, but you know that in the back of these players' minds, they're thinking of the Gators. And, and to just you know, kind of talking about the LSU game, you know, early look ahead, it's like. You know, LSU, you know, before the season had Jamar Chase, he opted out, right? The, the number one receiver in college football, uh, you know, before Devontae Smith has really um, captivated all of us this season. He's been on an absolute tear, and I think he deserves a lot of Heisman conversation just himself. And I think now, because of what he's done this season and Jamar Chase sitting out, I think Devontae Smith is the best receiver um, for the draft next year. Um, but, you know, and, uh, meanwhile, um, LSU's second best receiver, Terrence Marshall, after the AM game, he opts out. So LSU is going to be shorthanded once again against Alabama. And, and now that it's rescheduled, you just got to think it's like, uh, in, in Alabama's eyes, it's like LSU can't run anymore the, because they felt like they were running from them earlier in the year when it got postponed. And now that they're going to play, it's just Alabama is ready to just unleash on these guys. No, I agree. And what what a horrible timing for LSU for 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 Terrence Marshall to opt out. Um, just you know that they were planning on using him as a primary weapon. I'm sure he, he he's been talking to Coach O and his and his coaches for probably a couple of weeks now at least about opting out. But couldn't have come at a worse time to opt out right now for that LSU offense. And I know they're they're probably down in Baton Rouge scrambling to figure out how they're going to 
um, get a rushing attack going, um, especially since the pass hasn't been very successful for them this year. But we'll just have to wait and see who they put out on the field and how effective it's going to be. Yeah, and then kind of looking, you know, around the the landscape of college football, Joey, this weekend, Clemson Clemson looked really good in their return. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, they destroyed Pitt. I mean, it was like thirty-one to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and Notre Dame got the job done against North Carolina. So, you know, if Notre Dame's able to beat Syracuse next weekend, then you, you would say, hey, when they when the Clemson and Notre Dame have a rematch in the ACC title game, then it's like probably. If uh, even if Clemson wins, there's a chance that both of them are already in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And Clemson had a good enough victory to to move them up to third place. Now, of course, Ohio State uh, had its game canceled this past weekend due to COVID nineteen. But Clemson being able to jump Ohio State was fairly impressive because Ohio State's battle, whether warranted or unwarranted, they've had a lot of uh, steam over these past few weeks that they've played. Um, but Clemson was very impressive. Of course, Notre Dame, um, I would say Notre Dame escaped this past weekend. North Carolina put forward a, forth a solid effort, but um, and re- really the score didn't really depict how tight of a game that actually was until the until the fourth quarter. But um, still, the, I think if the top four remains the same, um, it'll be a it, it'll be a, a great playoff. But uh, at the same time, I think a team like Florida could still sneak its way in there. Um, we'll just have to see how, how, how it plays out. Yeah, and then, too, you know, with Ohio State, you know, their game getting canceled. If they have one more cancellation, um, they are not eligible for the for the Big Ten title game. You have to get six regular season games in, and they're not going to be, you know, if they lose one more, they're not going to be eligible. And that's what the Big Ten did. The Big Ten said, we're going to wait. We're going to wait for these rapid testing. Um, we're going to do whatever it takes. Um to keep everybody safe yet we're, we're going to make it to where you have to they're trying to get nine games in nine weeks in and that, that's difficult when you put yourself up against a wall like that now if, if ohio state somehow does miss the title game joey do, do you put a five and oh ohio state team or in over you know a a florida team over an a&m team it, it, it's it's a really tough conversation no, it is. Um, I, it, in my opinion, if if let's hypothetically say Ohio State gets five game five, they go five and zero, and then Florida loses, um, Florida loses the SEC championship to Alabama. I don't see how you couldn't put a one loss A and M team in there, especially one loss A and M team that they lost to Alabama at the early this season. They've clearly gotten better as the season per, as the season has progressed, and didn't have didn't have the opportunity. To play Alabama again in the SEC title, obviously there being two West teams, uh, them being both West teams. Uh, I think that a, if if I was a voter, I would sneak A and M in there if Ohio State only uh, was able to get together um, five wins, especially with A and M being able to um, play uh, on the nineteenth in a different game. Hopefully they'll be able to get all ten of their games in there. Um, I don't see how uh, a voter could honestly put a five. A five game, a, five, a play, team that's only played five games in a college football playoff, where everybody else has played between ten and eleven games. Uh, I guess uh, twelve if you're the ACC, but um, still uh, a, a long, a long way to go. And we'll see. There's still several weeks left, and I know the Big Ten is going to be trying to do their biggest, do their best to push uh, six games in there for their uh, front-running team. Yeah, because once they get the sixth regular season game in, and that guarantees them the seventh game in the Big Ten title game. But, Joey, enough talk about the gridiron, man. Let's move over to the hardwood. Alabama kicking off the Maui Invitational 
that's in Asheville, North Carolina. And I, and I know Nate's, Nate's probably still a little upset about that. We talked to him earlier uh, before the Jacksonville State game, and he was, he was a little frustrated still by that. You could tell because, go, I mean, going to Maui, it's a special basketball tournament. It, you know, it, it's the marking of, hey, this is a new season. It's, and it's such a classic college basketball tournament. Um, and, but they're going to, you know, he's, he's mentioned before the Alabama's going to get another invite down the road in a, few, in a couple of years. So that will be nice. Um, but anyway, for the 2020 version, which is in Asheville, North Carolina, Alabama kicks it off Monday night, 8.30. So a little, a little late start for everybody here in the Central Time Zone against Stanford. What was your initial thoughts coming out of the Jacksonville State game, and what do you expect to see from the Crimson Tide against the Cardinal? Well, coming out of the stand, for coming out, sorry, coming out of the Jacksonville State game, I thought the the defense was was very solid. Um, of course, they limited Jacksonville State to uh, just twenty seven percent from the floor. Um, they had fifty five rebounds, twenty two of those were offensive rebounds. Um, just an excellent defensive effort on the night for Alabama. One thing that I'm am concerned about, though, is is the offense. Now they had they had uh, four, I think they had uh, five players. It might have been four players that <laughs> shot double digit points, so that was good. But from from beyond the arc, they really struggled. Um, I think that was 22 percent from beyond the arc. Um, so they really need to improve there. A um, lot of lot of uh, offensive improvement needs to be done if they want to hang with um, you know the big boys of of, of college basketball. Um, but on defense, they did a really great job. Um, now, it's going to be hard to kind of predict how Stanford will look because, um, of course, Stanford hasn't played a game yet. Their first game was canceled because of COVID-19. So their first time on the hardwood will be tonight against Alabama. But, of course, uh, Stanford has four new starters this year. So that's another reason why they're going to be difficult to gauge. They lost one of their best players last season. Um, I'm, blanking on, I'm blanking on his uh, name right now. Um, but, uh, let's see if I can find his name. Uh, now I feel terrible. Um, but I can't find it, but Stanford is going to, is going to, I mean, Stanford obviously is a basketball school. They're really, they're really solid and I'm looking forward to the matchup tonight. Yeah. So, um, you know, with, with Stanford, they, you know, former UAB coach Jared Hass is leading the Cardinals in. Um, so, you know, people around the state in Alabama are, are familiar with him. Um, they added, you know, they actually added their highest rated prospect of all time on the offseason for this year, Zaire Williams, who's projected to be a lottery pick in next year's NBA draft. So um, I'm curious to see how Alabama goes up against, you know, he's going to be, this is going to be NBA type kid. So how do they match up against him? You know, what's kind of, do they, do they put Herb on him? What's kind of the deal there? Is Petty going to guard him? Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but this is going to be a really good game for Alabama. Um, you know, really good test right out the gate, I think, uh, because, you know, you know, Stanford's got a couple guys who earned some Pac-12 preseason all-conference honors. Um, they've got a couple seniors, um, you know, especially this Oscar De Silva guy. He's got 15.7 points a game from last year and almost seven boards. Um, and they got a couple other guys who returned from last year who averaged eight points each, three of them who did that, um, and then four rebounds each. Um, so, they, so they've got some experience a little bit. Um, so it's going to be a good test for them. And I do think it's a great advantage that – um, Alabama's already played a game and Stanford hasn't, right? So, because we saw Alabama's efficiency on the offensive end not be um, great, right, against Jacksonville State, but but the defense definitely improved uh, over from last season. And even though it's talked about that greatly after the game, I, I think um, 
I think that that that's big time, and it's gonna you know you're gonna need that defense to continue to step up when you've got talented guys like Isaiah Williams. You're gonna have to defend, um, but I do think you know what, what impressed me most about Alabama against Jacksonville State the other night. What I want to see in this tournament, the three games in three days, Joey, is I want to see how JQ continues to develop. It didn't look like he missed you know two years of college basketball almost. Like for instance, his last game, right? He had 18 points, three assists, and a steal. He appears to me that he's going to be that engine that that runs this Alabama offense. And when you've got Herbert Jones and Jordan Bruner and those guys dominating on the defensive end, and you've got Petty, Quinterly, and Jane Shackelford offensively, um, that starting five, I mean, it's it's deep and it's legit. And you've got you know so many guys you can roll off the bench. And I, I think I think this is going to be a good test. And like I said, it's good for that Alabama. This is their second game, and Stanford their first. No, I agree, <clears throat> and I, I completely agree with with Javon. Oh, by the way, Tyrell Terry um, was the the guy I was looking for. Um, he was uh, drafted in the he was lost from Stanford to the NBA draft. Fantastic guard, um, but they're going to have to deal with his loss. But yeah, talking about Javon Quinterly and and, and Jaden Shackelford, it I, I I love seeing these young players, these sophomores. Uh, they still have uh, after this year two years left. Um, of course, they might go to the, leave to go to the NBA early, but um, seeing these two players and these sophomores, it really shows the bright future of Alabama basketball. When you have all of these young players that are just sophomores picking up the slack, um, and yeah, they both had fantastic games this past week. Um, and looking forward to seeing these guys in in Tuscaloosa for at least you know hopefully at least another year. Um, and 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 making an impact on Alabama basketball. It's a lot of fun watching their offensive efforts, but hopefully their uh, their offensive efforts are contagious, and and uh, the rest of the team can can once again pick up the slack. So Joey, I'm uh, I'm looking at the Maui bracket right here, and Alabama is a one and a half point favorite over Stanford. Um, so Vegas is expecting a really tight game, and the winner of this game gets the winner of North Carolina and UNLV. And the Tar Heels are about a 13-point favorite over uh, the running Rebels, right? So, so we think if, if chalk happens, we think North Carolina beats UNLV in that matchup. And if Alabama gets by Stanford, we're thinking Alabama, North Carolina, a game we saw last year in a down year for North Carolina, and Alabama's first year with Oates. Alabama's better than they were last year, and North Carolina's probably better than they were last year too. But um, this, you know, this de- I mean, the link that Alabama has, and I think, you know, the depth they have is going to allow them to, to stay in that game, right? If they end up playing a North Carolina team, right? It's like they've got a guys like Josh Primo, James Rojas, um, and Keon Ellis, guys they can throw off all the bench to where they're not going to have to rely on Quinterly to play so many more minutes or Petty or Herb or Jaden Shackford even. Um, so I expect that game to be com- more competitive than it was last year, and it was still kind of competitive late, right? I mean, Alabama just missed some shots in that game. I mean, Petty had a really good solid outing, um, but they just kind of missed some shots. They 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 weren't they weren't great in that contest, um, but they, they they still had a chance late. So um, this year, if Alabama does end up playing North Carolina in the second round on Tuesday, which would be at three, I expect a lot more competitive game, and then that will be a, a chance for for a shot in the the title game for this thing. I agree. You know, Roy Williams enters his 48th season as head coach in North Carolina. They'll they're looking to have kind of a bounce back type of season um, compared to a disappointing uh, 2019 campaign. Of course, you know, losing losing guard Cole Anthony um, to the draft is 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 big. Was of course big for them, but they do have a big man return in Armando. Uh, I think it's Baco or Bacot, um, and it's in which in his freshman season, I believe he averaged uh, near a double double. Uh, so he's a fantastic effort from him, but. 
Um, but in North Carolina's season opener, they also struggled. You know, they 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 were points where they didn't dominate. You know, they they played a call to Charleston, which was a seventeen and a half point over uh, underdog. And uh, in the second half, the UNC was still trailing. Of course, they ended up winning seventy nine sixty, but they had they let Charles College of Charleston have a second half lead against them. So, um, really struggled to get things going. Um, I, I think, of course, this is North Carolina we're talking about, so they'll be fine. Um, they'll still, be, you know, they'll still definitely put up some numbers against a team like Alabama or the rest of the teams in, in the Mount Invitational. But hopefully, you know, we'll be talking about this later, and and hopefully Alabama can progress towards Stanford and can win against Stanford because that would be an interesting matchup tomorrow for sure. Yeah, so you know, just my prediction, and I'll ask for yours, Joey. Is like I think Alabama beats Stanford, and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this right here. I think Alabama gets by North Carolina. I think we're going to see Alabama in the championship game of the Maui against either Texas or Indiana, and um, that both of those teams are going to be super tough. Um, and, and I think Alabama makes it at least to the to the championship game of the Maui. What do you What do you think? I think they get by Stanford, um, and then North Carolina, I think it comes down to how well North Carolina can adapt to the speed. Of course, Alabama had the fourth fastest tempo last season, um, and of course, other teams that, that still haven't gotten used to playing fast opponents struggle with that. Um, I think they get by Stanford tonight. I think they win. I think they progress against North Carolina, but I think that game is much more up in the air than tonight's game is. Um, but looking forward to seeing how North Carolina can adjust Alabama's tempo should that game happen. Um, but yeah, I think that Alabama, I think Alabama should win tonight. I, I don't know by it's going to be by a lot, um, but it would not surprise me if Alabama makes it to this championship game. But they'll have to get to the Tar Heels to do it. Super deep field, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Follow along on BamaCentral.com for all coverage of the Maui Invitational with, with for me and, and Joey Blackwell. And, and Joey, I, again, I appreciate you coming on here, man, to, to talk a little bit football and also basketball. Absolutely. Anytime, Tyler. Thank you for having me. Awesome. For Joey Blackwell, I'm Tyler Morton. This has been the All Things Bama Podcast.